This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Some of the big names that travel up and down the highways, obviously Elvis and Johnny Cash, and you have Jerry Lewis, Carl Perkins. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Johnny Cash suggested that Carl write a song called Blue Suede Shoes. That was all kind of created with Aaron Amory. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. Welcome into AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jay White, in for Liz Gill this morning. Coach Charlie, it's good to see you from this side of the glass. I'm usually engineering. Kevin is engineering this morning, and I get to talk to you about cars. Well, great. We're going to have a good show. Absolutely. Well, uh, engine modifications, that's what we're talking about today. And I, I, the the sentence I said to you before we came back from the news break is I know just enough to not know anything about anything. So I'm, I'll be asking you a lot of questions. Well, and working off nostalgia as much as anything. Today. That is true. Once you start talking about engine modifications, like we talked about earlier, it is totally different than it was 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago yeah. than it is today. And I, the first thing I when we when I saw engine mods, I thought about my my uncle Rex. Um, who grew up on the west side of Jackson and used to cruise up and down Ellis Avenue near Westland Plaza all the time, and he modified this GTO. And I heard the stories about it all the time. And I thought, man, it's probably an entirely different world how you would soup up a car today versus what you would in 1968 or 69 or whenever that was. Yeah, back then we had carburetors. We had... Uh, push rods and today we do have not, we have no carburetors we have no push rods yeah. we have computers and we have turbos and we have uh superchargers and we have injectors so it's a whole different world when yeah. you start thinking about modifying a car and we can get in all that and we were talking about how it's interesting the dichotomy between the old and the new back in the day to get something to happen things had to be plugged in machinery had to be moving back and forth to manufacture these things into existence now it's a digital command or some macro in a computer but you can get more done with less space we were talking about how these engines you were you were telling me about how the engines are just as powerful now as they were back in the day but using a whole lot less space and energy essentially yes um if you think about modification jay i think the first thing you need is that we're trying to get more air in the combustion chamber. Yeah. More air we get, more power we have. Yeah. With less fuel. Mm-hmm. Because we only use about 22% of the fuel that's going on in that vehicle anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mainly air and combustion. So that we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, folks who are just aren't content with what they have under the hood. And how can they make it better? The it we're talking about today, vehicle engines, and why you would want to modify the engine. Coach, why would – I mean, this is a super 30,000-foot – Way open-ended question because it could be anybody's motivation, but why would somebody want to modify their engine? Well, if you think about it, um, these young guys and young ladies that are modifying cars and all today, they're looking for speed. Mm-hmm. They're looking for torque, and that's pulling power. So they're looking to get more horsepower out of that vehicle. And by getting horsepower, that means, they're you know, we talked about suspension modification last week. Well, now if you have a jacked up vehicle that's high in the air lifted now you got to have something to pull it yeah and so that's when they want to get in there and get those engines where they can get more rpms and more power out of those vehicles so how differently does the auto industry look at uh body modifications as opposed to like uh, mechanical or engine modifications well i think it's the same thing if they don't do it 
then they got to look at the warranties in them. Yeah. Because yeah. the thing is, if you look at the warranties, just because you lifted the body don't mean that the body caused the engine to blow up. Right. So it's the same thing because you modify the engine don't mean that the front wheels came off of it. So really, it's all looking according to what they decide to warranty. And that is really a dealership manufacturer decision. Yeah. It's interesting uh, talking about body modifications. I know I, I went to high school in the 90s and low riders were the thing for a minute there. Um, and they installed speed bumps on the oh, road yeah. in front of our high school. And uh, a couple of those uh, Mitsubishi Mighty Maxes got stuck on those speed bumps like seesaws. That's, that was a fun Monday. Uh, but, um, yeah, it, it's interesting. Nowadays, you see cars where the big tires are in the front, small tires in the back. looks like a backwards cap riding down the road. I, and I, it's funny. I'm an old guy. I'm like, what, what motivates these young people? But... There's so many wild things that you can do now, and it seems like modifi- uh, modifying a car is as accessible as it's ever been, maybe because it's not as mechanical as it used to be. I think it's accessible, but it, there's a, so many more electronics, yeah. and that's where you got to be careful. Because if you do something that is causing or drawing more amperage or more electricity through that vehicle, you're going to burn up modules. And then that's where you start costing money. Mm. Give you a good example. I had a young man. He was just putting lights in the front of it. That's a modification. You can get different lights to put in yeah. the headlights. Mm-hmm. He put headlights in the, it was a BMW, put headlights in the car. Uh-oh. Now his left door would not open. <laughs> his window would not go up and down. <laughs> that sounds like me, coach. I would find a way to make that happen somehow or another. Well, what they did, they he by putting those different lights in there, he had a surge to a module. Oh. It burned out the module, cost him $1,800, and mm. BMW would not warranty it. Mm. So you had to be careful. You have to know what you're doing. All right. So is that, let me, in that specific instance, is that more like a BMW thing? Like you need to stick to what the, the, the factory standards are for BMWs, or is that every car these days? Do that you need is. to stick with what the, what the manufacturer provided? line of like headlamps for example are where there is a parameter there there is a range that you can change things Mm -hmm. but it has to be within their specifications because you start going out of their specifications that's what messes the car up right right that's interesting all right so we talked a little bit about why you want to modify a perfectly good engine that you own what are low cost modifications that you could have a shop do well there's a lot of things that you could do on your own uh if you think about least amount of expense. So yeah. let's talk about a cold air intake. So first, like I'm for me, I'm like, I, I couldn't do engine modification because I don't know what to do. And I just tear everything up. But that, so there's a way in the door for me, coach, is what you're saying. There is a way. OK. All right. What's what do we got? So first, let's talk about air filters. Let's do air filters for cold taking uh, mm-hmm. cold air intakes. Air filters is what filters the air and lets air flow through the engine. If you get a good air filter, you're always going to have good power. Okay. Because if the air filter stopped up, it doesn't work. Uh, you can go, there's air filters that you can clean out that you don't have to keep going to the auto parts store and get a new one. You can just yeah. clean them out. Those are good air filters, K&N, stuff like that. Yeah. And then if you get to cold air intake, the whole, I think the whole rim of the whole cold thing. Cold air intake. It's okay. called a cold air intake. And mm-hmm. what we want to do, cooler the air, denser the air. And right. our whole thing is we want to get air into the engine, more air. So they put these cold air intakes away from the engine itself. Uh, most of the time, a cold air, t- air intake is going to be getting air from the wheel well. Mm-hmm. Down there where it's a little cooler. Yeah. 
and now you're going to get more air in there just because you get cooled the air off. Okay. Okay, and that's a real good modification. A lot of people do that a lot of times. Now, if you want to go a little bit further, now you got to start taking to a shop to say you want to put a turbo on there. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, I was saying earlier, you know, a lot of the vehicles today have six cylinders in them. They don't have the eight-cylinder. They have a six-cylinder or a four-cylinder engine. Yeah. Well, we're getting as much power because they do have a turbo on them, or they some of them have twin turbos. Yeah. And what that turbo does, once again, it uses the exhaust to turn the turbine. Now the turbine brings the air in. Now you put more air into the cylinders. Okay. So that's another thing that you could do. And that's, that's a little bit more expensive there. And then... Now how do it, I get to sound like turbo? Now, how do I get to jump like the General Lee and make all the sounds and everything? Well, now, it, right? will, it will make the sound. You know, you hear an 18-wheeler when you hear that turbo kick in. Yeah. Well, you, uh, those do the same thing, okay. but they're not as loud, but you will yeah. hear them. Okay. <laughs> and, and then you can change the turbos according to how much boost you want. Okay. That's how much pressure, back pressure, and all. Now, that's another story. Okay. Uh, another thing, if you wanted, I know in the old days that we get here, we'd put pipes, headers on a vehicle. Well, hitters were straight pipes. What they were, you had a pipe for every exhaust, and they were all straight. Uh huh. Well, once again, if we have straight pipes, that means that air can come out quicker. Yeah. So that's another thing you do on vehicles today. Same thing, straight pipes. And, yeah. And then if you think about weight, now this is a good thing here. A lot of people carry excess weight in their vehicles, and as they carry that excess weight around, it's going to take more for that vehicle to more power for it to move because yeah. it's heavy. So you take excess weight out of the vehicle as well. Is wind resistance a big deal in non-race cars? Well, you're talking about aerodynamics. Yeah, yeah, you know, you see spoilers on the back and you see the flaring on the bottom. Once again, keeping the air so it's more aerodynamic. But for, for most of those, that's just as much of a, a cosmetic. Yeah, yeah, cosmetic. That's a, yeah. that's a good way to put it. It's more cosmetic than anything on there. What are some modifications that are more expensive but might be worth it. Well, think about chips. Mm-hmm. Okay, if we talk about tuning a vehicle. Yeah. Okay, tuning a vehicle that means that you're going to modify the computer. Okay, by modifying the computer, you're overriding the uh, manufacturer's parameters. Yeah. So that means you may make it take more air in, more fuel. Okay, now you can go to the um, websites on the in on the internet and you can find those different chips in there. But once again, you need to understand if you override those parameters, it's up to the manufacturer if they're going to take and uh, board your warranty. Hmm. And that is one of those things you got to look at. Now, by changing the chips, you can get more power. You can get more torque out of that vehicle. Yeah. Sometimes if you change the chips, you may have to change the injectors mm-hmm. according to how much fuel that that vehicle wants because injectors will – uh, they stay open according to how long the computer tells them to stay open. Yeah. And as they're staying open, that's pushing fuel in the engine. Okay. So if you start changing chips, and that is a do-it-yourself thing, anybody can do that pretty easy. It's really a plug-and-play. Yeah. And there's other— It sounds like it's important that all this stuff still talks to each other correctly. Right. Those computers That's where all you can run into trouble. Talk. Right. And then, you know— if you start getting into that modification of the vehicles, you can do different things. You can put new exhausts on it. I'm talking about from the engine all the way back. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's one that's called a uh, cat exhaust where you, it's behind the cattle converter and has two pipes coming out. Is that the one that's so loud? Coach, what are, what are we going to do with these people? <laughs> these people with the loud exhaust. 
Well, why, yeah. why do they think people want that? Ain't nobody want that, Coach. Nobody well, wants that sound. <laughs> well, Wait, it, Coach, do you have that on your car? It does sound good. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we had the uh, students, my, what they would do, <laughs> they would cut the <laughs> pipes completely off right behind the cat. Mm-hmm. And now you had nothing but a straight pipe. Goodness. No muffler whatsoever. Well, it is loud. It does sound, it's very loud. I'll just take my headache medicine. I'll know next time. All right. We would love to hear from y'all this morning. We're talking about engine modifications. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about engine modifications, and that's between your car repair questions. So we're talking about engine mods today, but if you've got a question that something is hung up on your car, if it's not acting right, certainly Coach is here to take your questions on that as well. If you want even more autocorrect, find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radios as well Thursdays at 10 a.m. And it is replayed Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Some recent calls. We've had uh, recalls. We have Porsche uh, recalls. The McCann. Did I say that right? The Cayenne. The Cayenne. The the Panamera. The Panamerican. close enough. Okay. Uh, The Cayman. All over headlight screw covers. Now, Coach, you were just talking about if we put the wrong headlight in the wrong car, it's going to send us sideways. That's right. And now here we got Porsche recalling several different models, headlight screw covers. What could go wrong? Now, this is not about exploding um, seatbelts. Like, that's my favorite recall thing that y'all talk about is exploding seatbelts. It sounds really violent. But what could go wrong with headlight screw covers, Coach? Not even the screws. It's a headlight screw cut. Number one, it's a screw in the headlight, and it's not even the screw. It's a cover for the screw in the headlight. Coach, what are we doing? The only thing I could think is that maybe the <laughs> screw is going too deep and water is getting in the light. Right. Well, maybe that could be the problem. Maybe it's like dry rotting or something <laughs> right. like that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So there you go for, for all you Porsche uh, drivers out there. Which one of those is the SUV? I see that Porsche SUV Everywhere, Coach. It's the Cayenne, isn't it? Yeah, Cayenne or Cayman, yeah. That's Cayenne. That's it. Cayman. It's Cayman. Yes. It's Cayman, not Cayenne. Why am I making it a pepper, Coach? Because it's hot. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's ridiculous. All right. We'll start on the phones today with Steve, who's called from Vicksburg. Steve, good morning. What's going on? Uh, Yes, sir. I'm going to ask the Coach a question. Um, I have a 2003 Dodge Caravan, and uh, somebody has stolen my torque converter. (laughs) I mean, not torque converter, catalytic converter. (laughs) And uh, oh. like what? Yeah, what kind of damage does that do to the vehicle? Well, if you think about the torque, uh, the uh, catalytic converter, what it does, it is a emission control, and what it does, it just cleans the exhaust from the engine as it goes out the tailpipe. Okay, yes, so it's in front of the muffler. So really, what you're doing, it if you didn't have one on there, it's producing smog, and the. I don't know if they took the oxygen sensor in front of the catalytic converter, you know, because a lot know. of times if they did, that one controls the engine itself. And if they did that, that means that your check engine light's going to be on and it cannot read the air fuel ratio of that vehicle. What does it cost? Like, do you know roughly what it costs to replace a catalytic converter? Well, if you go to a dealership, it's going to cost you um, about $1,000. But I know, I know you can take it to uh, certain muffler shops, and they do have aftermarket catalytic converters that would be way less. So that's what I would do if I was you. Yeah, this van probably not even worth it. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. A lot of people, you know, it's not illegal 
in some states not to have a catalytic converter. I was just about to ask that. It is illegal in other states, so you just need to make sure do you have to have a catalytic converter on it or you don't. Yeah. Do you, you have to have one in Mississippi, right? I think you had to have one in Mississippi. Yeah. Well, I, I like having. I was like the vehicle being quiet. Now it's that's the only way I knew it was stolen. It was loud. I crunk it up and it was loud, and yeah, it was gone. <laughs> yeah, and the good thing, if you think about it, a catalytic converter is not what's making the sound; it's the muffler right. that's making the sound. Yes, sir. Yeah, is there it, any way to put a pipe like a straight pipe it or like to the muffler or anything? You can if you got somebody that can do it. They can put a straight pipe directly where that catalytic converter was, straight to the muffler. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. And there is a modification for that, too, where people put different types of uh, mufflers on there, and they do away with the catalytic converter, and they put dummy oxygen sensors in there, and it cuts the uh, check engine light off. Yeah, this man, that was it. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, Steve. We appreciate the call from Warren County this morning. Is, are folks going after copper? Is that what they're well, going for right there or something? No, Some sort of metals? A catalytic converter has a lot of precious metals in it. Yeah. And that's what they're going for. Okay. You know, especially if you get a new one, um, people are just cut them off. I had a matter of fact, my nephew had his cut off. He had a uh, big Dodge Ram. It was lifted up in the air and everything. And he came out from the movie theater uh, and both of them were gone. Cost a thousand dollars to put them back on. Have you got a big truck boosted up like that? You're almost asking for it to it's a certain lot, extent. It's a lot easier to get to them. Right. But that's cold blooded coach. Folks are just coming up to cars and cutting off the tailpipe. They just cut. Well, they don't, they leave the tailpipe. They just want the, the converter, converter, the catalytic converter, right? Yeah, and what they do, they get in there with a um, battery-operated sawzall. Yeah, cut one side, cut the other side, and they just fall right out of place. It takes about three or four minutes. Wow, man, that's confidence right there, Coach. I couldn't do it. I would mess it up somehow or another. All right, so we're talking about engine modifications today. Where we left left off last segment before we got into the recalls. And by the way, you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website. That's www.nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls and putting in your VIN number or find their Safer Car app. All right, Coach, uh, when we left off, we were talking about modifications that may be expensive but worth it. What are modifications that you've seen people get into that, in your opinion anyway, is not worth getting into? Or maybe a thing that is a popular thing with the kids or whoever it may be, and you're just like, I don't, the value of that is not worth it for me. Well, you think about, um, well, let's go back to old school a little bit, and we talk about nitrous oxide. Mm -hmm. Okay, you, A lot of these people that modify these cars, what they're doing, they're racing these cars on the weekend because mm -hmm. they, they want them to go fast, and they want to make sure that everybody knows their car is fast. So what they would do, they'd put nitrous oxide in these vehicles. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't know what nitrous oxide is, nitrous oxide is a gas that's when it's heated, it changes to nitrogen and oxygen. So what are we trying to get in the vehicle? More oxygen. Right. So as it's heated, we get more oxygen in there. That means we get a better combustion over there. And now that vehicle is going to be, uh, yeah. run faster. Now, if you always notice when people had nitrous in there, they had a big tank in there. Yeah. They couldn't carry much because the tanks are under pressure and they're very bulky. Yeah. So they, it only takes a little bit because all you're doing is trying to get that burst of gas in there. You get that burst of gas in it, and that's a pretty expensive thing to go back through there to modify that yeah. because it takes up all your trunk space and stuff like that or in the seats and stuff like that. And we don't really have that today. Be You can do it, but it's not really economical at all. Right. Is there, a, a, besides a gas, is there a, is there a way to manufacture that, that kind of force into your engine? 
Well, once again, but sounds like a. I mean, it's essentially combustion, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. Today is computer. Right. Today is computer. If you can make the engine suck more air with a turbo or a supercharger, cold air intake, yeah. you get it more air. And then injectors now have made these putting gas in them to the fuel to the combustion chambers more precise. And so you can use the gas. Maybe you can – the injectors will put a little gas at one time, and it can put gas in the uh, cylinders and stages. Yeah. So you get better combustion. That's so. stuff I've never really thought about is how fine-tuned – computers allow the the scientists and engineers to make these things how precise it's something to really put thought to but that's fascinating well jay we're doing lasers now some vehicles have lasers instead of spark plugs oh my goodness so now the lasers coach what yes Man, you just you buried the lead 30 minutes into the show coach <laughs> so now they're putting lasers in there to control the spark instead of spark plugs. can i still take the laser out with the 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 wiggly wrench i don't think so the squiggly wrench the long squid no, that was like my only job at my grandfather's shop <laughs> that and finding the right oil filter that's right all right let's get back to the phones in meridian we have jonathan jonathan good morning good morning um i have a 2018 silverado and Sometimes when I come up to a stop sign, you know, it's just like a thump when I, when I stop. And when I take off, you, you feel like a little jerk, like, you know. And I'm thinking it sounds like to me, like maybe the transmission or the universal joint or something going on. But uh, I took it to the shop. They didn't, they didn't see anything wrong. But uh, I just want to know, is there anything that I, that I need to be concerned with? Alan, let me ask you a question. When you put it in reverse, do you hear the noise? It's it's it's, it's a little stump, but not every time. Not every time. It's like when I'm maybe slightly up on a hill, or uh, when I when I put it in reverse, you can hear, you can feel a little uh, jerk, a small jerk, you know. Okay. Back up, or even going forward. Yeah, most of the time, if it's but a it's, universal joint. You would hear it make a noise when you put it in reverse. When you start to go backwards, you could hear it. Okay. I would have them check those motor. It's a 2018, right? I would I would have them check those motor mounts in the front because the engine could be lifting up one of, with one of those motor mounts being bad. So the engine could be lifting up, and that would make the noise. Now, I hate to tell you, General Motors did have a problem with transmissions, you know, where they had, they were making that noise. Yeah. So you might want to have them check that. Jonathan, say that again. Start that again. That's what I thought it was. It hurt, you know. It was transmission. Well, I tell you how you can find out is go to the um, website of General Motors and see if they have a recall on that vehicle. And look through that form and see if they have any other persons had that problem because a lot of times on that form it will talk about those problems and that would probably help you. All right, Jonathan, that website, by the way, the recall website, nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls. NHTSA. Yes, sir. NHTSA.gov forward slash recalls. It's National Highway Traffic Safety. Administration rolls right off the tongue. NHTSA. dot go. All right, appreciate it. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Jonathan, for the call from Meridian. NHTSA. gov forward slash recalls. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. What's in the news? I'll tell you next. 
Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Jay White, in for Liz Gill this morning. We hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on that MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. Contributions help to keep our programs on the air for you and others to joy, to enjoy, whether it's live or uh, via podcast. And uh, as always, we thank you for your contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. and uh, has a replay Sunday morning at 11 a.m. In the news, Chevy announced in early September that it plans to bring back its, quote, build your own engine program for the Corvette Z06 starting in the second quarter of 2023. The program, which allows buyers to come into the factory and help workers assemble the engine before it goes into their car, will only be available for Corvettes utilizing the LT6 powertrain, which for now only means the Z06. Coach, get to get your hands dirty. You get to make help anyway i don't know how much you're helping you might well, be there while they're doing it but <laughs> you get to be in the process of making your own engine coach that's pretty cool well what i was thinking general motors came out with a, a news uh flash not too long ago by 2025 that they were going to have all electric vehicles so i don't know how long you'll be able to fix your own engine <laughs> <Right>. so <laughs> that is interesting uh, that might be a perk if they want to keep both lines going for a little while right. a, a, a perk to keep the old school engines around is to give you the experience of getting in there and helping make it. Yeah, there's always a change going on. All right, so um, right before we go to the phones, uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, what the the issue was uh, with the caller from the last segment and the 2018 Chevy Silverado, and you were talking about modifications you can actually do with motor mounts and how that can make a big difference. Yeah, you know, motor mounts, and I should have said this a while ago, is called um, driveline lash yeah, And what that does, if you think about in some modification as well, is that the manufacturers put soft motor mounts on all vehicles so it would have a smoother ride. But so it, I give you a little leeway. A little leeway, and then yeah. you'll feel that uh, transmission, you'll feel that uh, driveline sort of hit. Mm-hmm. Okay, But if you put stiffer motor mounts on it, now you will not hear that and you will not feel it because all the power is going to the rear wheels. Okay. Instead of the uh, motor mounts absorbing the power. Okay. So if you're trying to get more speed out of your car, let's say you're, you're, you're racing it, those, those stiff motor mounts may give you a little bit more feel, right? You get a, a, little, a little bit of a better feel, like more one with your engine when well, you're trying to get you, that performance out of it. It's going to give you a better feel, but it's going to give you more power to the rear wheels because those uh, soft motor mounts absorb some of the torque. Gotcha. And, yeah. and you don't want them to absorb the torque. You want it to go straight to I the I see back. where you're going now. I understand what you're trying to say. Excellent. All right. We're going to go back to the phones. Up next is Mike from Hernando. Mike, good morning. What's going on? Oh, good morning, you guys. You were talking a while ago, just a few minutes ago, about boosting the power of the engine. None of you guys are as old as I am, but I lived in California <laughs> in the late 60s and 70s. I had a Sunbeam Tiger. Uh, I had a V8, but everybody else had Triumphs and Austin Healy's and MGB's. What they were doing back then was taking a coffee can and running the uh, line, fuel line, which was a little copper tube, coiling it down into the coffee can and then back out to its uh, where it's supposed to go in, fill it with uh, dry ice. And that really increased the viscosity of the fuel. And when the wow. fuel hit the engine, boy, boy, it was like a turbo. I mean, the things really, really moved. I guess guys don't do that anymore because everything's electronic now. 
but uh, that was a really fun secret that we all had. So you would say that it would cool the fuel off and make it thicker because that's viscosity, mm-hmm. and then when they made it thicker, it would go down the carburetor, it would burn. But here with the injectors, you can't really do that because it has to be a fine, fine mist uh, going yep, into that yep. engine. So you couldn't do it today, mm-hmm. but on the carburetors and all, you could, yes. Oh, yeah, the fun days are over. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about <laughs> we, that earlier. We were. We were. <laughs> Look, I, I, I come from mechanics. Uh, my uncle was a mechanic for 50 years. My grandfather on my mom's side was a mechanic for 50 years, and I, you know, when I was in elementary school, I grew up at a shop uh, with my grandparents that they ran every afternoon. They were the ones that picked me up from school. And I just, when we were talking about this, I was like, man, when somebody talks about an engine mod, I think about my uncle and his GTO in the 60s. And mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. I'm like, if, if we, I was talking to Coach about this. If you grew up in one generation where everything you were doing was with a wrench and not like a yep. diagnostic tool, man, there's, you got to be you got to be trying really hard to scratch that itch these days because there's just not a way to do it. Well, you got to think about it. At least it. I, it just feels like that way to me. It's, to, it's just a different, it's a different feeling. Yeah, when you had camshafts, yeah. you changed the camshafts, you changed the lifters, mm-hmm. you changed the timing well, on the vehicles and mm-hmm. tweeted the carburetor, that's, that's no more. Hey, by the way, you guys mentioned a while ago the electrification. GM's line, General Motors has patented the name E-Ray. For the electric Corvette, instead of Stingray, it'll be the E-Ray. Oh, That'll wow. be the name of it. And it's, it's prototypes are already running around. Silent as all get out. They're running it at the Nuremberg right and Germany right now, and it's supposedly faster than all get out. Huh. All right, Mike. We appreciate the call from Hernando today. Yeah, thank you. He led you us right into uh, another thing that we talked about during this last commercial break, or leading into that, and that is the fact that the electric cars are so silent that they – that manufactured engine sound is built into it, and that's actually because it is just digital audio. That's all it is. You can mod it. You can modify that to make it as loud or as quiet as you want. See, like, again, maybe this is saying something about my home life, but, like, the quiet sounds awesome to me. But So you can make your car sound like the mystery machine if you wanted to, right? That's right. But I like that rumble. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it's a difference. You can make that sound as rich as you want to, but that's also right. as ridiculous as you want to. That's I can true. imagine that's, yeah, people take advantage of that. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the phones. Uh, up next in Carthage is Will. Will, thanks for calling this morning. What's going on? Uh, good morning. Uh, I have a 2014 Nissan Altima. I bought the car new, and it's a recall on the headlights. And when you put them on bright, they're fine, but on dim, you can hardly see anything at all and this guy's been giving me around the run around for months now mm. and it's fourteen hundred dollar fix if, if you got the money they got them on the shelf can fix it right then other, other than that they they say well we haven't got to you yet it's just they they give me the run around i was wondering how long by that being a safety issue can are you talking about the, a dealership giving you the run around the, this the 2014 Altima headlights. Mm-hmm. I was wondering how how long does it take for these guys to you know get to that? Is there a certain amount of time? Well, what I would do on that, if you look in the owner's manual, you can go to the customer service in the back of the owner's manual. Call that customer service, and that goes directly to the manufacturer, not to, and they will ask you about the dealership and all that. But it goes directly to the manufacturer, and they don't want. Um, anything said bad about them. Mm-hmm. So if you call that customer service, they will get right on the top of that for you. 
okay, I'm going to do that. Because the dealership, they they would give me the run around. And that's what I you need. You very much. That's what you need All to right, tell well. them. Tell them the problem and go from there. I definitely will. All Thank right. you. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate the call this morning. Stay on the phones. Up next in Tupelo is Junior. Junior, good morning. What's going on? Yes, uh, I have a 2006 Mercury. Hello? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Uh, I have a 2006 Mercury Marquee, and I had to change batteries on it sometime in the past. And I lost four miles a gallon on top and bottom. And now I figured this mileage with the calculator out. So I know I've actually lost that. And I have, I live in Tupelo, and, and I've been in every place I think could hit me. One guy, he said that uh, he said to ethanol, but the rest of the people basically just laugh at me, say, that's tough. What can I do? Well, let me, first of all, how long ago did you change the battery? Well, now it's been about six months. Okay, and do you and you drive it all the time, right? Yes, sir. Okay, what I'd like you to do is go to the website. It has a relearn process in that vehicle, and the relearn process is it learns how you drive. Okay, and I don't know exactly how long it takes it to relearn. There is a procedure of drive time where that thing will relearn that throttle body, and if that throttle body is not relearned, it through the drive cycle, then you may get less fuel mileage, you know? So I would check that. And then what I would do, it sounds like maybe the throttle body may be dirty. Go ahead and clean that throttle body out. And so it's uh, closing when it's supposed to and not staying open. And that will take and probably get you better gas mileage too. Well, it, it has a process in the back in the book of how to reset the computer. And I've tried it a couple of times, take it, you know, go through the process, and it's the same thing every time. I was wondering, the computer used to do that. Is there no way to someone manually change it back like it was? Uh, no, sir, because those computers are they <laughs> they're set by the factory, and they have a parameter that they're set in. If they change that, and that's what we're talking about, if you did modifications, only put a chip in there, and you change mm-hmm. the parameters of that computer, then it would get better gas mileage just by changing the chip. All right, sir. So I guess I just not much I can do about it. Uh, go ahead and get you some uh, fuel injector. Make sure the injectors are not dirty. Just put you some fuel, uh, one of those fuel injectors in the fuel tank and just, you know, you can do some little preventive maintenance and see what happens. You say the throttle body? Yeah, the throttle body right up there at the very top. Uh, mm-hmm. What has It has a butterfly that goes open and closes and carbon builds up there and it keeps that butterfly open. So you might want to check that. You can clean that with some... Uh, brake cleaner or carburetor cleaner and just put it on a rag and wipe it clean and that would uh, help you. All right. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, Junior. We appreciate the call from Tupelo. You talked about the system that is adaptively learning how he accelerates and brakes, right? If he is resetting the computer, is that starting him back over? Like, is he impeding his own process if he keeps restarting that computer? Or, yeah, or, or Every time he restarts it, it has to relearn again. Yeah. So, Junior... Maybe don't do that one. 
again. Do it. <laughs> do it. Go through the one process. Let it relearn. Because, let's say, it's how a, long does it? I mean, how, what is the? How long does it take? Or is a, that not a straight answer? It's according to how what the drive cycle is. Interesting. You know, sometimes you got to drive it at ten minutes at forty miles an hour. Then let it idle for five minutes, drive it 10 minutes at 55 miles an hour. It's, yeah. it's, it's a drive cycle. Wow. All right. Well, this morning we're talking about engine modification between your repair questions, and they're coming fast and furious now. Uh, email your questions if you have those also, auto at mpbonline.org. This is AutoCorrect. And, hey, uh, if you've missed any of the program, you can listen to the whole show again. Go to autocorrect.mpbonline.org. And also... Uh, if you're not worried about the podcast, it's heard a replay Saturday morning at 11. If you don't catch the live version, Thursday mornings right here at 10. I'm Jay White. I'm in for Liz Gill today. The expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. And before we head back to full phone lines, it's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Well, I just want to tell you on my Tip of the Week, it's going to sort of go with what I'm talking about. I want to make sure that um, <laughs> when you are working on a vehicle that you have the enough mechanical aptitude to start the process and to finish the process. Because this week I've had a couple of things happen and it could have, one could have been devastating and one mm. cost about two or $300 that was unnecessarily spent. So yeah. tip of the week, make sure you know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, make sure you get somebody that can help you or you have, uh, researched it well i barely have mechanical aptitude to wake up in the morning so coach i don't know if i'm doing any mods to my car <laughs> anytime soon uh other than i finally got my window to stay up That's i heard good. that yeah <laughs> that was a how you got it to stay up uh, it, was a whole, it was a whole ordeal uh and uh went further than i had to but learned a lesson that's right that's just what you're talking about all right let's go next to jesse in gulfport jesse thanks for calling good morning good morning Go right ahead. What's uh, what's the question you have this morning? Had diagnostics run, said I needed an ECR valve, bought a brand new ECR valve, put it on, still had it on there. They said, well, they'd turn the they'd turn the light off, and they couldn't get the light turned off and do some diagnostics. Said I need another EGR. I'm thinking, how many and how often do you have to buy them? Literally on that problem there, EGR valves, there's a lot of things that cause um, uh, emission problems. And one of the problems that cause that comes up for EV, EGR valves are that the lines going to the EGR valve get stuck, uh, stopped up with carbon. And most of the time you got to take the intake off or take that uh, throttle body off and clean that carbon out. And once you get that cleaned out, that EGR valve is going to work fine because it probably says insignificant uh uh, exhaust flow. All right, Jesse, we appreciate the call from Gulfport this morning. All right, we've got to move quickly because I'm looking at a couple of these calls right here. One says power steering Mercury. Want to get that in here. Another says 1985 Mercedes Benz. So those are two things I want to get on this here radio show. John is in Mobile. He's got a power steering question about his Mercury. John, what's going on? Uh, thank you for taking my call. I wanted to ask Coach um, about um, fixing a power steering system, which is losing it suddenly has started losing a lot more fluid. It's no longer just uh, dripping a little onto the uh, driveway. It's going through about, I'd say, three ounces to half a, uh, half a cup every single day. And um, I went previously to what I think is a pretty good mechanic, and uh, he did uh, and his crew examined the car, and the first thing they recommended was steam cleaning. 
So um, I did uh, do diligence on the Internet and found out that steam cleaning can cost 100 to $400. You know, this is before even fixing the problem, addressing it. Uh, do you recommend that? And uh, the other question I had is, um, is this something I could do in the driveway at home, not steam cleaning, but uh, attacking this power steering thing to just stop the, the, the constant loss of uh, power steering fluid? Yeah, you could steam clean the engine, but I don't usually steam clean engines. What I would do is go to the auto parts store, get you some degreaser, put on the where you saw the power steering leak, where all that is, where all that grease is, put some degreaser on there, let it set a few minutes, and take a water hose and make sure you don't get it all in the electronics, but you can take a water hose and you can wrench that right off. That degreaser will get all that grease off for you. You could do that in a uh, car wash or whatever. You, that'd be easy. And then as the tackling, the power steering, you could take care of that because most likely it's just a pressure hose that's leaking more and more, and you could put a pressure line on it yourself if you have the mechanical aptitude. All right, John, we appreciate the call. That's a lot. That's a lot he's losing there. That's right. Time that to get that fixed quick. It's probably right? a pressure line, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to uh, Billy, who's calling us from Benton, about a 1985 Mercedes-Benz. Billy, what's going on? I want to know if you know anybody who may have worked with Mercedes-Benz who's never retired. Who could I go get him and let him come over to my place and take a look at it before I try to crank it up and make sure all the hoses and wires are probably in the proper place before I try to crank it up. Oh, so this one's been on ice for a long time, and you're you're about to crank it back out. Two years. It's been sitting up. So the first thing I'm doing there, I don't really know anybody that's going to come over there and look at it, but you could probably find a mechanic that would go look at it. But really what you need to do is make sure that the fuel is changed since it's been setting up and not running. Make sure the fuel is out of it and they got new fuel in there. Make sure the battery is uh, strong and just you can look at a lot of that yourself. Make sure the hoses because... A vehicle sitting up for a while, you get rodents get in there, and they will eat the wires and all. You need mm. to make sure there's no rodents being in the, under the hood and all. All right, Billy, we appreciate the call from Benton. Fletch, we got about uh, 45 seconds. What's going on, man? So similar to maybe that last situation, but uh, not bringing it out of mothballs. Got about a 25-year-old um, Volvo station wagon, my mother-in-law's. The battery has died. What is the problem uh, or what could be a problem if a dead battery stays in a car that we're not using very long? And if it's going to kind of be shorted, what else should we do? Well, just real quick, uh, the battery, if it's dead, it's not going to hurt anything because everything dies in the vehicle. So there's no juice or nothing going through it if the battery's just dead. But if you did have one, you want to crank it up every now and then so it does stay charged. Uh, just make sure the fuel, the hoses, the wires, and everything is good. The tires, make sure they're not dry rod or anything like that. All right, Fletch, we appreciate it. Fletch lives. I always want to say that when he calls. Maybe not the best sequel. That's a wrap for us today on AutoCorrect. Our call screener for today's show has been Charles Arnold. Our board engineer has been Kevin Farrell. For Coach Charlie Melton, master technician. Well, that's a fun sentence to say about yourself. I'm Jay Wayne, who's been in for Liz Gill today. Thank you so much for listening to AutoCorrect right here on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.